السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وبشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العفتة من لساني يفقه قولي ربنا زدنا إلنا Did you get these handouts today? Yeah? So what are these handouts about? What do they have on them? Dua of istiftah Meaning the different duas that the Prophet ﷺ is reported to have recited When he began his salah One of them we read in Sahih Bukhari But there are some other duas also Which are shorter than that dua And that are also very different in their meaning And remember that when there are different adhkar that are reported, then what is best? That a person must learn whatever is possible for him and he should recite them all. Not that he should recite all of them in one rakah, in one salah, but that he should change every now and then. This is similar to how there are over 100 surahs in the Qur'an, right? And in the salah, what's best? What's the best way of reciting the Qur'an? Reading the same surah again and again in every rakah? No. The more a person knows, the more he has memorized, the more he should, you know, he should bring a variety in his salah. And what's the benefit of that? Okay, it helps with khushur. Secondly, another benefit? Same thing, khushur, you stay focused. You're not on autopilot, okay? Okay, so for example, when you recite different surahs in the Qur'an, in your salah, then what happens is that you get to review. Okay, that's one benefit. Another benefit? Think about the meaning. Exactly. Every time you get a different message. So for example, you're reciting okay, a surah. Like for instance, if one day you recite surah al-zilzal or surah al-qari'ah and you had not recited it in quite some time. But then you recite it, it reminds you. Right? It serves as a reminder. That whoever does, Right? So it serves as a reminder also. Now, the benefit of reciting different du'as, different adhkar, is that you get to ask for different things. Which we would generally forget to ask. You get to praise and glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in different ways. Which, if we were to do ourselves, we wouldn't be able to. But because the Prophet ﷺ taught us how to do dhikr, then what happens is that when we read those adhkar, we get the benefit also. Okay? So I'm going to go over all of these ahadith with you, so that first of all you understand the meaning, and secondly, inshallah, whenever it is possible for you, you can memorize these du'as, these adhkar yourself. And I'm sure you are already familiar with most of the text, you just have to pay a little bit of attention and you know store them in your memory so that you can use them when you have the time, inshallah. So dua al-istiftah, meaning different du'as which are to be recited before Surah Al-Fatiha. First of all, which is a hadith in Bukhari which we learned earlier, uh, Abu Hurairah narrated that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, used to keep silent between the takbir and the recitation of the Qur'an and that interval of silence used to be a short one. So I said to the Prophet ﷺ, may my parents be sacrificed for you. What do you say in the pause between takbir and recitation? The Prophet ﷺ said, I say, Allahumma ba'id bayni wa bayna khatayaya kama ba'atta bayna al-mashriqi wal-maghrib. 
اللهم نقري من الخطايا كما ينقى الثوب الأبيض من الدنس اللهم اغسل خطاياي بالماء والثلج والبرد Oh Allah, set me apart from my sins as the east and west are set apart from each other. And clean me from my sins as a white garment is cleaned of dirt after thorough washing. Oh Allah, wash off my sins with water, snow, and hair. Another hadith which is in Atirmidhi, Aisha radiallahu anha narrated that when the Prophet ﷺ began the salah, he would say, Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika wa tabarakasmuka wa ta'ala jadduka wa la ilaha ghayrak. Now, many of us have actually memorized this hadith okay, since childhood, uh, this dua, and it is good, read it. And if you see the meaning, glorious you are, O Allah, and with your praise, blessed is your name and exalted is your majesty, and none has the right to be worshipped but you. So yes, you praise Allah, you glorify Allah, but also take advantage and seek forgiveness at that time. Thirdly, Ibn Umar reported, while we performed the prayer with the Messenger of Allah وسلم, someone among the people said, Allahu Akbar Kabira, Walhamdulillahi Kathira, Wa Subhanallahi Bukhatan Wa Asila. Meaning, Allah is truly great. Praise be to Allah in abundance. Glory be to Allah in the morning and in the evening. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, Who uttered such and such words? So a person among the people said, It is I, O Messenger of Allah. The Prophet ﷺ said, It surprised me, for the doors of heaven were opened for it. Ibn Umar said, I have not abandoned those words since I heard the Messenger of Allah ﷺ saying this. And this is reported in Sahih Muslim. So look at the eagerness of Ibn Umar. The moment he found out about these words, he never left them. Every time in his salah, he recited these words. So are you familiar with these? Can everybody read together? Allahu Akbar Kabira, Walhamdulillahi Kathira, Wasubhanallahi Bukratan, Wa Asila. Short and beautiful. Fourth, it was narrated that Anas Radulawanhu narrated that a man came and entered the masjid. Anas Radulawanhu said that a man came and entered the masjid and he was out of breath. Why do you think he was out of breath? Huh? Perhaps he came from a far off place and he had to walk fast in order to get to the masjid. And when he joined the prayer, he said, Alhamdulillahi hamdan kathiran tayyiban mubarakan fee. Praise be to Allah, abundant good and blessed praise. When the Messenger of Allah وسلم, finished his prayer, he said, Which of you is the one who spoke these words? The people kept quiet. The Prophet وسلم, said, He did not say anything bad because. He understood that the man is hesitant, that he thinks that perhaps he did something wrong by saying those words. So the man said, I did, O Messenger of Allah. I came and I was out of breath and I said it. The Prophet ﷺ said, I saw twelve angels rushing to see which of them would take it up. And this is reported in Sahih Muslim. So it seems like this man did not have much time. Right? He was out of breath. And this is why he wanted to say a very short version of tahmid, of, of tasbih. So instead of saying a, a complete, a, a long dua, he just said, Alhamdulillahi hamdan kathiran, tayyibun mubarakan fi. Everybody say it. Sometimes it happens that you join the prayer and you have to recite Surah Al-Fatiha. And the Imam has already completed Surah Al-Fatiha. So you say, if I... If I uh, you know, start reading Allahumma ba'id baini, I might not be able to recite Surah Al-Fatiha. 
So at that time, glorify Allah at least a little bit and say even this much. Then fifth, it is narrated from Abu Umama that when the Prophet would begin salah, he would say Allahu Akbar three times. La ilaha illallah three times. And subhanallah wa bihamdihi three times. All of these three, three times each. Then the Prophet would say أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم من همسه ونفخه ونفثه I seek refuge in Allah from the accursed shaytan, from his evil suggestion, from his blowing, and from his spitting. This is reported in Muslim Ahmad. Then we see that for tahajjud salah, for qiyamul layl, the Prophet would recite uh, different du'as at the time of beginning the prayer. Firstly, Hudayfa radiallahu anhu, he saw the Messenger of Allah praying at night, and the Prophet said, Allahu Akbar, Allah is most great. And he said this three times. And then he said, Dhulmalakuti, wal jabaruti, wal kibriyai, wal Possessor of kingdom, grandeur, greatness, and majesty. And then he began his prayer, meaning he recited Surah Al Fatiha. And then after that, he recited Surah Al Baqarah, meaning in his Qiyamul Layl. But you see over here, he's standing up in the night to pray. And when he begins the prayer, he says, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Dhul Malakud, Wal Jabarud, Wal Kibriyai, Wal Awamah. Secondly, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri said that when the Messenger of Allah got up to pray at night for tahajjud prayer, he would pronounce the takbir, and then he said, Subhanakallahumma, wa bihamdika, wa tabarakasmuka, wa ta'ala jadduka, wa la ilaha ghayruk. Glorious you are, O Allah, and with your praise, and blessed is your name, and exalted is your majesty, and none has the right to be worshipped but you. And then he said, La ilaha illallah, three times. And then he said, Allahu Akbar kabira, three times. And then he read, أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان الرجيم من همزه ونفخه ونفثه I seek refuge in Allah, all hearing and all knowing from the accursed devil, from his evil suggestion, from his blowing and from his spitting. And then he recited the Quran. So you see, there's so much, you know, preparation to begin the recitation of the Quran. There is tasbih, there is hamd, there is uh, takbir, glorification, ta'zim of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and then he began recitation of the Qur'an. Because you see, when we uh, start the prayer, and immediately we begin with the recitation, then what happens is that we're not able to focus that much. But when you glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the beginning, then you kind of remind yourself, I am a servant, I am needy of Allah. He is all able, I need Him, He is great. If I'm worshipping Allah, it is for my own benefit. He is in no need of me. So it helps you have better focus in prayer also. Thirdly, Abu Salama ibn Abdul Rahman said, I asked Aisha that what did the Prophet start his prayer with? She said, when he got up to pray at night, he would start his prayer with the words, Allahumma Rabba Jibra'ila, wa Mika'ila, wa Israfila, Fatir al-Samawati wal-Ard. عالم الغيب والشهادة أنت تحكم بين عبادك فيما كانوا فيه يختلفون اهدني لما اختلف فيه من الحق بإذنك إنك تهدي من تشاء إلى صراط المستقيم 
O Allah, Lord of Jibreel, Mikael, and Iswafil, Creator of the heavens and the earth, Knower of the unseen and the seen, You judge between your slaves concerning wherein they differ. O Allah, guide me to the disputed matters of truth, for you are the one who guides to the straight path. Fourthly, Rabia al-Durashi narrated, I asked Aisha anha when the Messenger of Allah وسلم, stood up for prayer at night, what would he say? And with what words did he begin? She said, the Prophet وسلم, would say, Allahu Akbar, ten times. Subhanallah, ten times. La ilaha illallah, ten times. Astaghfirullah, ten times. And he would say, Allahumma ghfirli, wahdini, warzuqni. O Allah, forgive me, and guide me, and give me sustenance. Ten times. And then he said, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min abdiqi yawmal hisab. O Allah, indeed I seek refuge with you from the hardship of the day of judgment. Ten times. You see, all of these beautiful akkad, what do they bring to the worship? Beauty. Right? They make the salah even more beautiful. Ihsan in ibadah. Fifth, Ibn Abbas narrated that when the Prophet ﷺ got up at night to offer the tahajjud prayer, he used to say, Allahumma lakal hamd, anta qayyumus samawati wal ardi wa man fihim. Walakal hamd, laka mulkus samawati wal ardi wa man fihim. Walakal hamd, anta nurus samawati wal ardi. Walakal hamd, anta malikus samawati wal ardi. وَلَكَ الْحَمْدِ أَنْتَ الْحَقِّ وَوَعْدُكَ الْحَقِّ وَلِقَاءُكَ حَقِّ وَقَوْلُكَ حَقِّ وَالْجَنَّةُ حَقِّ وَالنَّارُ حَقِّ وَالنَّبِيُّونَ حَقِّ وَمُحَمَّدٌ حَقِّ وَالسَّاعَةُ حَقِّ اللهم لك أسلمت وبك آمنت وعليك توكلت وإليك أنبت وبك خاصمت وإليك حاكمت فاغفر لي ما قدمت وما أخرت وما أسررت وما أعلمت أنت المقدم وأنت المؤخر لا إله إلا أنت O Allah, all praise is for you You are the sustainer and protector of the heavens and the earth and whatever is in them All praise is for you You are the light of the heavens and the earth For you is all praise You are the king of the heavens and the earth And all praises for you. You are the truth, and your promise is true, and the meeting with you is true. Your words are true. Paradise is true. Hell is true. All the prophets are true. Muhammad is true, and the hour is true. O oh Allah, I surrender to you. I believe in you, and depend on you, and repent to you. And with your help I argue, and I take you as a judge. Forgive my past and future sins. and whatever I conceal, and whatever I reveal. You are the one who brings forward, and you are the one who differs. There is none worthy of worship but you. And this is reported in Sahih Bukhari. Sixth, Ali ibn Abi Talib reported that when the Messenger of Allah وسلم, got up at night for prayer, he would say, وَجَّهْتُ وَجْهِيَ لِلَّذِي فَطَرَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضُ حَنِيفًا وَمَا أَنَا مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ إِنَّ الصَّلَاةِ وَنُسُكِ وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ وَبِذَلِكَ أُمِرْتُ وَأَنَا مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ اللهم أنت الملك لا إله إلا أنت أنت ربي وأنا عبدك ظلمت نفسي واعترفت بذنبي فاغفر لي ذنوبي جميعا 
انه لا يغفر الذنوب الا انت واهدني لاحسن الاخلاق لا يهدي لاحسنها الا انت واصرف عني سيئها لا يصرف عني سيئها الا انت لبيك وسعديك والخير كله في يديك والشر ليس اليك انا بك واليك تباركت وتعاليت استغفرك واتوب اليك I have turned my face toward him who created the heavens and the earth, inclining toward truth, and I am not of the idolaters. Verily, my prayer, my sacrifice, my living and my dying are for Allah, the Lord of the worlds. No partner has he, and of this I have been commanded, and I am of those who surrender. O Allah, you are the king, and there is none worthy of worship but you. You are my Lord, and I am your slave. I have wronged myself, and I acknowledge my sin. Forgive me all my sins, for no one forgives sins but you. Guide me to the best of manners, for none can guide to the best of them but you. Turn away from me bad manners, for none can turn them away from me but you. I am at your service. All goodness is in your hands, and evil is not attributed to you. I rely on you and turn to you. Blessed and exalted are you. I seek your forgiveness and repent to you. I know that these du'as are many, but the thing is that the more a person increases in his knowledge, the more he should also increase in his worship, in his ibadah. Because knowledge is a means to reaching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, getting closer to Him. And with ilm, amal must also increase. So while we learn many things in order to pass our tests, we must also strive to learn many things in order to improve our worship. Because at the end, this is what we want, to get closer to Allah, to earn His forgiveness, to earn His happiness. And what better way can that be then? following the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and learning these beautiful words and including them in our worship. And you can set you know, goals for yourself. That for example, one, one dua, read it uh, you know, before you're going to begin your salah, read it like five to ten times. Okay? And begin with the shorter ones. And then practice that dua. And if you, you know, get stuck somewhere, then leave it. And then again, practice again after salah. But if you keep reading it every day, then inshallah, you will eventually memorize. Eventually it will happen. It's not impossible. And you're already familiar with these statements. Alhamdulillah. They're not, uh, you know, very strange. You're, you have heard them somewhere or the other. So just with a little bit of attention, a little bit of focus, a little bit of time, imagine how much more beautiful our ibadah can become and how much more khushu we can have, inshallah. And then remember that after dua is tiftah, there is also ta'awud, meaning before the recitation of the Qur'an, before the recitation of Surah Al-Fatiha, there is also ta'awud, meaning seeking refuge with Allah. And this is, we also have different versions of that. Abu Sa'id al-Khudri narrated that the Prophet ﷺ would say before recitation, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم. Simple. Ibn Umar anhu, he would say, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-shaytan al-rajim. And then we also learn that, uh, the Prophet ﷺ would also say, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم من همزه ونفخه ونفه. Another version is, أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان الرجيم من همزه ونفخه ونفه. Another version is, اللهم إني أعوذ بك من الشيطان الرجيم وهمزه ونفخه ونفه. So whichever one you are able to memorize, go ahead. But make sure that 
the more words it has, the more meaning it will contain. And the more beneficial it is for us, inshallah. So I'm not going to test you over this. Okay? Uh, you have to test yourself over this. Okay? Inshallah. You have to check yourself that how many du'as have you memorized and how many have you uh, started using in your ibadah. Inshallah. And the reason why I, I want, wanted to make sure that you have this written down before you is so that we have no excuse. Okay? Because generally we say, oh yeah, I, I remember reading that du'a in that book. Now where is that book? What page is it on? Who knows and who has the time to go find the book and find the page and then write it down and then memorize. So now inshallah with these pages in your hands, there should be, there should be no excuse. Inshallah. Inshallah we'll begin from Bab Al-Qira'ati Fil-Asri. Al-Qira'a recitation Fil-Asri in Asl prayer. Now, Asl prayer, remember that when the Imam is leading, he's silent, it is Sirri. So the question is that when he's standing silently, is he supposed to recite? And the people who are praying behind him, are they supposed to recite or are they just supposed to stand silently and not say anything? حدثنا محمد بن يوسف قال حدثنا سفيان عن الأعمش عن عمارة بن عمير عن أبي معمر قال قلت لخباب بن الأرتي He said I said to Khabbab bin Al-Arad أكان نبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقرأ في الظهر والعصر Did the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم recite any Quran in ظهر and عصر prayer? قال نعم He said yes قال قلت بأي شيء كنتم تعلمون He said how do you know? قراءته, his recitation, meaning how do you know about his recitation? قال بالطراب لحياته, he said by the movement of his beard. Now Khabbab رضي الله عنه, remember he embraced Islam in Mecca. Okay? So he is of the Muhajin. And this means that he prayed a lot behind the Prophet ﷺ. Soon after the Hijrah, the Masjid was established and the people prayed behind the Prophet ﷺ in Masjid al-Nabawi. So we can imagine that Khabbab رضي الله عنه was there from the beginning. And if he noticed that the Prophet ﷺ, his beard would move continuously in Zuhr and Asr prayer, then obviously we understand that this was the usual habit of the Prophet ﷺ. Okay? So whether a person is Imam, Munfarid, or Ma'mum, Zuhr, Asr, Salah, he has to recite the Qur'an. But how? Silently. حدثنا المكي بن إبراهيم عن هشام عن يحيى بن أبي كثير عن عبد الله بن أبي قتادة عن أبيه قال كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقرأ في الركعتين من الظهر والعصر بفاتحة الكتاب He said the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم would recite in the two raqa of ظهر وعصر meaning the first two raqa what would he recite بفاتحة الكتاب meaning سورة الفاتحة وسورة سورة and a surah surah meaning a surah each one surah after Surah Al-Fatiha in the first raqa, and another surah after Surah Al-Fatiha in the second raqa. وَيُسْمِعُنَ الْآيَةَ أَحْيَانًا And this is the biggest proof. That he will make us listen to an ayah sometimes. Meaning he would make it audible. Such that we could hear an ayah here and there. So that would you know, alert the people, first of all, because when they heard the imam, when they heard the Prophet ﷺ recite an ayah out loud, all of a sudden, this would make them alert. And secondly, it would also make them realize that the Prophet ﷺ was reciting, so they too should recite. Okay? Now, what does this show? That when the Imam is leading people in prayer, what should he do? 
when he is reciting silently, he should make his recitation audible in the sense that an ayah here and an ayah there. Not the entire recitation, but you know, bits and pieces here and there. So for example, so this kind of helps the people know where the imam is so they can adjust their speed accordingly. Right? And secondly, it keeps them alert also. Okay? Now the question is that imam, if he is making his recitation audible in this manner, understood. What about the ma'moom? Should he recite in the same way? No. Why? Because it will disturb the people who are around him, beside him, before him, on his right, on his left, behind him. It will disturb the congregation. And the thing is that uh, there isn't just one ma'moom, right? There are so many people praying behind the imam. And if everybody starts reciting in this way, it would become very noisy. Nobody would be able to focus. So the imam is allowed to do that. Why? Because he's leading. And the ma'moom is not allowed to do that. Why? Because this will disturb the jama'ah. Okay? Bab al-qira'ati fil-maghrib. Recitation in maghrib. Meaning, in the Maghrib prayer, should the Qur'an be recited? And if yes, then how much? حدثنا عبد الله بن يوسف قال أخبرنا مالك عن ابن شهاب عن عبيد الله بن عبد الله بن عتبة عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما أنه قال إن أم الفضل He said that أم فضل سمعته She heard him وهو يقرأ while he was reading Who? No, no. Who? Ibn Abbas. Ibn Abbas is saying that Umm al-Fadl sami'atuhu. Umm al-Fadl heard him. There is no mention of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ibn Abbas is talking about himself. Okay? So Umm al-Fadl heard him reciting وَهُوَ يَقْرَأُ وَالْمُرْسَلَاتِ عُرْفًا She heard him recite Surah Mursalat. فَقَالَتْ So she said, يَا بُنَيَّ Oh my son, Wallahi by Allah, لَقَدْ ذَكَّرْتَنِي Certainly you reminded me بِقِرَاءَتِكَ هَذِهِ السُّورَةِ By your recitation of this surah إِنَّهَا لَآخِرُ مَا سَمِعْتُ مِنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Indeed, this was the last of what I heard the Prophet ﷺ reciting يَقْرَأُ بِهَا فِي الْمَغْرِبِ He was reciting the surah in Maghrib. So she said, when you recited Surah Mursalat, you reminded me of the Prophet That this was the last surah that I heard him recite, and he recited the surah in Maghrib prayer. So the Prophet recited Surah Mursalat. Now, how long is Surah Mursalat? Hmm? How long is it? Open up the Mus'haf. وَالْمُرْسَلَاتِ عُرْفًا Right before Surah Al-Naba. So it's about, you know, two pages almost, almost 50 verses. So he recited Surah Al-Mursalat, which is 50 verses in the Maghrib prayer. Now how exactly did he read it? Meaning the entire surah in one rakah or the entire surah divided over the two rakahs, Allahu Adam. But still, 50 verses in the Maghrib prayer. Uh, for us, if we hear this in Isha even, it's shocking. Hmm? People get worried that the Qiyam is going to be very long. This is not Taraweeh, this is Isha. 
But we see that it was the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ to, re- to recite such surahs in Maghrib prayer, meaning the surahs which were of this length. حدثنا أبو عاصم عن ابن جريج عن ابن أبي مليكة عن عروة بن الزبير عن مروان بن الحكم قال قال لي زيد بن ثابت مروان بن حكم he said that Zayd bin Sabit said to me قال لي he said to me that ما لك what is wrong with you تقرأ في المغرب بقصار you recite in the Maghrib prayer بقصار قصار Short, meaning you recite short surahs in Maghrib. What's wrong with you? Why do you recite such short surahs in Maghrib? وَقَدْ سَمِعْتُ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ While I heard the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم يَقْرَأُ بِطُولِ الطُولَيَيْنِ He recited the long of the long ones. What is this long surah of the two long surahs? طول Or do you have طُولَ طولا okay. and طولين طولا meaning long one or طول same thing طولين the two long ones dual تثنيه okay so the two long surahs are surah al-a'raf and surah al-an'am okay and the longer of them is surah al-a'raf so Zayd bin Sabit is saying I heard the Prophet ﷺ recite surah al-a'raf in the Maghrib prayer and here you are reciting such short surahs Meaning you're clearly contradicting the sunnah. Now, who was Marwan? Marwan was the emir appointed over Medina when Muawiyah was the khalifa. And remember that whoever the emir, the governor is, he is going to be the imam also. He's going to lead the people in prayer also. So when Marwan would lead the people in Maghrib, he would recite very short surahs. So Zayd bin Sabit, being the companion of Rasulullah he could not accept that. He wanted the Qiyam to resemble the Qiyam of the Prophet So he said, I heard him recite Surah Al-A'raf, which is so long. And how can you recite such short surahs? Now, was it the habit of the Prophet to recite Surah Al-A'raf in Maghrib? No, it wasn't his habit. But he did recite it, at least once, if not more. Because Zayd bin Sabit is saying, I heard him recite. So this must have happened a couple times at least, or at least once, for him to quote this evidence, right? This, this incident. So this shows to us that a person should recite surahs that are not very short in Maghrib, especially when he is leading others. It doesn't mean that every time or every other time he should recite Surah Al-Araf. No. But occasionally he may do so. Okay, he may do so. And he may even recite parts of Surah Al-Araf in Maghrib. There is no harm because the Prophet ﷺ did that. So others can also do that. But obviously he should keep in mind the people who are praying behind him. If it's the month of Ramadan and people have just broken their fast, he should not begin reciting Surah Al-Araf. Why? Because people have to go eat and then they have to come back for Qiyam. So hikmah must be used. Now, from these hadith we see that the Prophet ﷺ, he recited uh, not very short surahs, but slightly long surahs. Okay? Now, there is a category of the surahs of the Qur'an which is known as the Mufassal surahs. Okay? Mufassal. Mufassal means what? Mufassal, to separate. 
So those surahs which are separated quite often. Why? Because they're short. And so they're, the, the recitation is separated with the with basmala, with reciting Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Okay? So for example, when you open up the first juice, how many times do you say Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim? Just once. When you begin Surah Al-Baqarah. Twice you can say Surah Fatiha, Surah Al-Baqarah. Okay? In the second juice, you don't even say it once. Okay? But when you reach the 30th juice, then what happens? Your recitation is interrupted by Bismillah many times. Why? Because the surahs are short. So the Mufassal surahs, which is the last manzil of the Qur'an, it begins with Surah Qaf, and according to others, it begins with Surah Hujurat. All the way to the end of the Qur'an. Okay? So if you open up your Mus'haf, I want you to open up Surah Qaf. Or according to others, Surah Hujurat. According to, to Imam Abu Hanifa, it was Surah Hujurat. But the majority opinion is that it is Surah Qaf. Okay? So, so if you think about it, all of these surahs which are after, okay? Just go through them. Hujurat, Qaf, Adhariyat, then we see Atur, okay? Al-Najm, Al-Qamar, Surah Al-Rahman, Surah Al-Waqi'ah, Al-Hadid, Al-Mujadila, Al-Hashr. Now, Surah Al-Hashr has certain verses at the end, which many people have memorized. So, those verses at least can be recited in the Maghrib prayer. Right? Then, Mumtahina, Al-Saf, Al-Jumu'ah, Al-Munafiqoon, Al-Taghabun, Al-Talaq, Al-Tahleem, Al-Mulk. If you know Surah Al-Mulk, even part of that or all of it you could recite you know, in your Maghrib prayer. Then, Al-Qalam, Al-Haqqah, Al-Ma'arij. Okay? And then obviously, reaching the 30 ages. So, those surahs also. So all of these are which ones? Mufassal surahs. And later on, inshallah, we'll learn more about the Mufassal surahs. But we see that over here, in the earlier hadith, we learned that the Prophet ﷺ recited Surah Mursalat. And in other hadith, we also learned that he recited Surah At-Tur, okay, which is also of the Mufassal surahs. And many times it happens that we have memorized, let's say, the 30th juz, or even the 29th juz. Or if not the entire just maybe some surahs. So what is the best way of reviewing? Reciting in the salah. That's the best way. And if we have not memorized even the 30 years, then it's time to really take this matter seriously. Because we are depriving ourselves of following the sunnah of the Prophet Right? So the entire Qur'an, memorizing that, if that doesn't seem possible then at least a few surahs from the Mufassal surahs. At least a few. You know your favorite surahs? Memorize those. So, for, You know, for example, Surah Al-Najm, it is so beautiful. If you just listen to it over and over and over again, you'll memorize it. Right? Surah Al-Rahman, it is so beautiful. So easy also because, you know, one ayah is repeated so many times over and over again. Right? Bab al-Jahri fil-Maghrib, reciting aloud in the Maghrib prayer. And this is obviously for the Imam, that when he is reciting the Qur'an in Maghrib prayer, he will make that recitation audible. Why? So that the people behind him can hear. Haddathana Abdullah ibn Yusuf, qala akhbarana Malik, an ibn Shihabin, an Muhammad ibn Jubayr ibn Mut'im, 
عن أبيه قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قرأ في المغرب بالطور He said that I heard the Prophet ﷺ recite Surah Al-Tur in the Maghrib prayer. Jibayr bin Mut'im. He came to Medina. And he was not a Muslim at that time. He came to Medina to speak to the Prophet ﷺ regarding the uh, prisoners of war. Okay? And what happened when he reached, the Prophet ﷺ was in the masjid leading the people in prayer and he was reciting Surah Al-Tur. And he said that when he heard him reciting Surah Al-Tur, and he reached the ayah, أَمْ خُلِقُوا مِنْ غَيْرِ شَيْءٍ أَمْ هُمُ الْخَالِقُونَ He said that I felt as though my heart would just, you know, be cut to bits, or it would just fly away, it would leave me. Like I, I would die. It was so powerful, that recitation. And he said that at that time, Iman entered my heart. It just entered his heart. So, Surah Al-Tur is also of the Mufassal Surahs and the Prophet ﷺ recited it in Maghrib. Now remember that the Mufassal Surahs, they are divided into three categories. Mufassal Surahs, Surah Qaf to An-Nas, they are divided into three categories. The first category is of Tiwal Mufassal. Tiwal Mufassal, what does that tell you? The long Mufassal Surahs. And which ones are they? From Surah Qaf, to Amma Yatasa'alun. Surah Qaf to Amma Okay. So basically, this includes the 29th Juz. Okay. And also the 28th. As well as the 27th. Okay. And parts of the 26th. Parts of the 26th, 27th, 28th, and 29th. All of them. They are, which ones? Tliwal Mufassal. The second category is Awsat Mufassal. Awsat. What does Awsat mean? Medium. Medium length. And these ones are from Surah Naba to Surah Al-Duha. Surah Naba to Surah Al-Duha. So, Al-Naba, Al-Nazi'at, Abasa, Al-Takweer, Al-Infitar, Al-Tafifin, and then, you don't know Asma'u Surah? You've heard it so many times in your TQE. Al-Mutafifin, Al-Inshiqaq, good. Al-Buruj, Al-Tariq, Al-A'la, Al-Ghashiyah, Al-Fajr, Al-Balad, Al-Shams, Al-Layl. So all of these are which ones? Awsat Mufassal. Now these surahs, the Prophet ﷺ advised a companion to read in Isha' prayer. Now notice, Maghrib is long. Okay? Because he read of the Tiwal Mufassal, Surah Tur in one place. Okay? And another place we learn Surah Mursalat. These are Tiwal. This is Maghrib. Isha' is Awsat Mufassal. Okay? And the third category is of Tisar Mufassal. What does that mean? The short Mufassal. And which ones are they? From Surah Al-Duha to Surah Al-Nas. The very, very short surahs of the Quran. And these surahs, when Marwan was reading in Maghrib, Zayd bin Thabit reprimanded him. He said, you should recite the longer surahs. This doesn't mean that we're not allowed to recite them. If we were not allowed, then we wouldn't be able to recite anything, majority of the people. But that a person may, of course, 
but he should also remember the sunnah of the Prophet So there should be at least, you know, those few occasions here and there where he is reciting of the longer surahs. Bab al-jahri fil isha, reciting aloud in the isha prayer. Just like the maghrib, isha prayer, the recitation again should be audible. حدثنا أبو النعماني قال حدثنا معتمر عن أبيه عن بكر عن أبي رافع قال صليت مع أبي هريرة عتمة He said I performed with Abu Hurairah رضي الله عنه العتمة العتمة What does it mean? What does عتمة mean? عتمة عتمة Darkness Okay It means darkness so Al-Atama refers to which prayer then? Risha prayer. Because when is it performed? In the darkness of the night. But remember that the Prophet ﷺ used to prefer to perform Risha prayer late. Sometimes even as late as when the third of the night had passed. There were certain times when the Prophet ﷺ prayed Risha so late that the people were sitting and waiting and they fell asleep. And they woke up and they fell asleep. And they woke up and they fell asleep. And the Prophet ﷺ still had not come to lead the people in Isha. Okay? And then Umar ibn Awan went to the Prophet ﷺ and he said that the women and the children have gone to sleep. Meaning they have prayed and they have gone to bed. And the people are waiting. So the term Al-Atama is used when Isha is prayed late. Okay, When Isha is prayed very late. So he said that I performed Isha with Abu Hurairah and who late at night فَقَرَأَ and he recited إِذَا السَّمَاءٌ شَقَّتْ Which surah is this? Surah Al-Inshiqaq Which surah is this? Which category? Not Qisar Awsat okay? Because Qisar is from Duha to Nas okay? This is from the Awsat فَسَجَدَ So in the Salah when he was reciting Surah Al-Inshiqaq he went into Sajda why? Because because of the ayah وَإِذَا قُرِئَ عَلَيْهُمُ الْقُرْآنِ لَا يَسْجُدُونَ فَقُلْتُ لَهُ So I said to him قَالَ سَجَدْتُ I mean, I said to him that it's implied that what is this? How come you did sajda? قَالَ He said سَجَدْتُ I prostrated خَلْفَ أَبِي الْقَاسِمِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ I prostrated behind Abu Al-Qasim in the Prophet so I will not cease to prostrate with the surah hatta alqahu until I will meet him. Meaning until I die. That whenever I will recite the surah, I will do the sajda when I recite this ayah. Because there is the sajda tilawa over there. Now, obviously, this man, Abu Rafir, he only heard. Abu Hurairah recite Surah Al-Inshiqaq in Isha if Abu Hurairah made that recitation audible. So what does it show? That Isha, the recitation has to be jahr. And this is understood. It is for who? The Imam. حدثنا أبو الوليد قال حدثنا شعبة عن عدي قال سمعت البراء أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان في سفر. He said the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم was in a سفر. He was traveling. فقرأ في العشاء and he recited an Isha prayer fi ihda rak'atayni in one of the two rak'ahs meaning the first two bitini surah at-tin was zaitun meaning surah at-tini was wa-tini was zaitun now surah at-tin this is of which surah? qisar the short ones 
But remember I told you that it was the, the, the Prophet ﷺ suggested to one of the companions to recite which surahs? Awsab. Now over here he's reciting Qisar. Now what is this? Why is he reciting of the Qisar surahs himself? Why? Safar. They were traveling. And during travel people are tired. So to make things easy for the people, he recited a very short surah. So this shows to us that when it is for the purpose of making things easy for people, or even for oneself, there's no harm, absolutely no harm, in reciting a very short surah of the Qur'an. Okay? So for instance, you've had a very long day, and you stand up to pray, Isha. You don't even have the strength to pray, uh, you know, to, to recite, Surah Al-Shams, for example. You're really tired. So can you read Surah Al-Nas? Yes, you can. Can you read Surah Al-Ikhlas? Yes, you can. Can you read Surah Al-Kawtha? Yes, you can. But if you make this a habit, only Surah Al-Nas, only Surah Al-Kawtha, only Surah Al-Asr, then what will happen? We will never move on to improving our salah. Bab Al-Qira'ati Fil-Isha'i Bil-Sajda Recitation of an ayah requiring a prostration in their Isha'i prayer. Al-Qira'ah, that recitation, Fil-Isha in the Isha prayer, which has sajda, meaning an ayah on which sajda has to be done. Is this permissible? Yes, it is. Haddathana Musaddadun, Qala Haddathana Yazid ibn Zuray'i, Qala Haddathani Taymiyyu, An Bakrin, An Abi Rafi'in, Qala Sallaytu Ma'a Abi Hurayrat Al-Atamata, Faqara'a Ida Sama'un Shaqqad, Fasajada, then he went into sajda, Faqultu Ma Hadi. So I said, what is this? Qala Sajaddu Biha, خَلْفَ أَبِي الْقَاسِمِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فَلَا أَزَالُ أَسْجُدُ بِهَا حَتَّى أَلْقَاهُ Same hadith, just slightly different words but a different chain. باب القراءة في العشاء Recitation in the Isha prayer Meaning how long should that recitation be? Or how short should it be? حَدَّثَنَا خَلَّادُ بْنُ يَحْيَى قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا مِسْعَبْ قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا عَذِيُّ بْنُ ثَابِتْ سَمِعَ الْبَرَاءَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ قَالَ سَمِعْتُ النَّبِيَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ He said, I heard the Prophet he said, I heard him reciting Surah Al-Teen in Isha' prayer. وَمَا سَمِعْتُ أَحَدًا أَحْسَنَ صَوْتًا مِّنْهُ أَوْ قِرَاءَةً He said, and I have not heard أَحَدًا anyone أَحْسَنَ That is more beautiful. صَوْتًا in voice. مِّنْهُ than him. Than who? Than the Prophet أَوْ قِرَاءَةً or recitation. I have not heard anyone reciting the Qur'an more beautifully than the Prophet ﷺ. No one's voice was more beautiful and no one's recitation was more beautiful. The best recitation was of who? The Prophet ﷺ. So even when he recited Surah Al-Teen, he recited it beautifully. So this is something that we must remember. That when we are reciting the short surahs, at least recite them Beautifully. You know, bring some beauty. Read slowly. Pause after every ayah. Okay? Bring tartil in your recitation. Make it beautiful. Now, this hadith shows to us that the Prophet ﷺ again, he recited Surah Al-Teen. From another hadith we learned, this was in Safar. Bab yutawwilu fil ulayayni wa yahdifu fil ukhrayayni. يطول, he should make long في الأوليين the first two raka ويحذف and he should keep short في الأخريين in the last two mean the first two raka'at should be long and the last two raka'at should be short the first two should be long how? with qira'ah 
There should be more qira'ah. And the second you should be short how? With just Surah Al-Fatiha. حدثنا سليمان بن حرب قال حدثنا شعبة عن أبي عون قال سمعت جابر بن سمرة قال قال عمر He said Umar said لسعد تسعد لقد شكوك The same incident where Sa'ad bin Abi Waqas he was a governor so he was called by Umar and he told him what the people had complained about him لقد شكوك complained about you في كل شيء حتى الصلاة The people have complained about you about everything even your prayer as for me, what I do is that I prolong the first two rakah, and I shorten the last two rakah. I would never diminish in any way my following of the prayer of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, You've spoken the truth. That is the thought about you, or my thought about you. That you would follow the Prophet ﷺ and what you have said about how you pray, that you have been truthful, this is how the Prophet ﷺ used to pray. How? First two, raka'a long, and the second two, short. Bab al-qira'ati fil-fajri, recitation in fajr, meaning how much should it be? Is it only surah al-fatiha or more than that? And if one is reciting, then which surah should he recite? Of what length? وَقَالَتْ أُمُّ سَلَمَةً And Umm Salama رضي الله عنها, she said, قَرَأَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ بِالطُّورِ The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم recited a طور. Now, this is not a complete hadith. Okay? But this hadith is mentioned by Imam Bukhari in Kitab Al-Hajj in Baab Tawaf Al-Nisa. Okay? So over there he has mentioned the entire hadith. So here he just mentions a portion of it. He doesn't feel the need to mention the entire hadith because it is long. He will have to mention the isnad as well as the entire matan. So he just resorts to one statement from that hadith over here. Okay. Now Umm Salama, the wife of the Prophet ﷺ, she said that the Prophet ﷺ recited Surah Al-Tur. Okay. Now, when did he recite it? It's not mentioned over here. But obviously, when Imam Bukhari is mentioning the statement under Al-Qira'af Al-Fajr, it is understood that this was in Fajr. Because in this hadith, which is mentioned in Kitab al-Hajj, we learned that at Hajjatul Wada, when the people were doing Hajj with the Prophet ﷺ, Umm Salama became sick. And she was not able to perform her tawaf and wada at the right time. So what happened? The Prophet ﷺ told her to do tawaf at Fajr. He told her to do tawaf at Fajr. And he told her to do tawaf on her mount. Why? Because she was sick. So she was not able to walk. So he told her, never mind, do it on your mount, there's no harm, and do it behind the people, because the people will be praying salah, so you perform your tawaf behind them. Okay? So she said that I perform my tawaf then, and it's understood when? At Fajr time, because that is what the Prophet ﷺ told her to do. And when she was doing tawaf, she heard the Prophet ﷺ reciting Surah Al-Tur, in which salah? Fajr salah. Now the question is, how come she was not praying Fajr with the rest of the people? Because she was sick and she had to do tawaf. Okay, because without it her hajj would be incomplete. Okay? And uh, remember that praying with jama'ah for women is not mandatory. It is definitely much, much better. But if there is something else that they have to complete because of some other reason, then they may do that. And pray later or before the Jama'ah as long as, as it's within time. 
حدثنا آدم قال حدثنا شعبة قال حدثنا سيار بن سلامة قال دخلت أنا وأبي على أبي برزة الأسلمي So سيار بن سلامة he said that I came I and my father we both came to Abu برزة Abu برزة الأسلمي فسألناه and we asked him عن وقت الصلوات about the time of prayers at the time of the five prayers What are their correct timings? What are their proper timings? فَقَالَ So he said, كَانَ نَبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ وَعَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ يُصَلِّ الْغُهْرَ حِينَ تَزُولُ الشَّمْسِ The Prophet ﷺ would perform the Zuhur prayer at the time when the sun would تَزُولُ Meaning when it would begin to decline. وَالْعَصْرَ وَيَرْجِعُ الرَّجِلُ إِلَىٰ أَقْصَ الْمَدِينَةِ وَالشَّمْسُ حَيَّةِ And the Aqsa prayer he would perform that a man would come back to the Aqsa al-Madina, the farthest place in the city was shamsu hayya and the sun would still be white meaning a man would go pray asr with the prophet sallallahu and when he would go back to the other end of the city the sun would still be white meaning it would not be turning really bright orange which is closer to the time of sunset so asr he would pray early wa nasitu ma qala fil maghrib He said, I forgot what he said about Maghrib. وَلَا يُبَالِي بِتَأْخِيرِ الْعِشَاءِ إِلَىٰ ثُلُثِ اللَّيْلِ And he would not mind delaying Isha until a third of the night had passed. وَلَا يُحِبُّ النَّوْمَ قَبْلَهَا And he did not like to sleep before it. Before what? Isha prayer. وَلَا الْحَدِيثَ بَعْدَهَا And nor any speech after it. After what? Isha. So he would delay Isha until the very end. He would not sleep before Isha. And after he performed Isha, he didn't like to have any kind of conversation. He didn't like people chatting around after Isha. وَيُصَلِّ الصُّبْحَ And he would perform the subh, meaning the morning prayer. Which one is that? Fajr prayer. When that فَيَنْصَرِفُ الرَّجُلُ That by the time a man would end the prayer and leave, فَيَعْرِفُ جَلِيسَهُ then he would be able to recognize his Jalis. Who is Jalis? The one sitting next to him. What does it show? He would perform the prayer at such a time that by the time he would end it, by the time he would end it, then a person would be able to tell who is sitting next to him. Meaning it would still be dark, just slightly, you know, the, the light would be coming in. By the time that he would end Fajr. وَكَانَ يَقْرَأُ فِي الرَّكْعَتَيْنِ أَوْ إِحْدَاهُمَا And he would recite in the two rakah, or at least one of them, مَا بَيْنَ السِّتِّينَ إِلَى الْمِئَةِ Somewhere between 60 and 100 verses. In the Fajr prayer. How long was the recitation? Somewhere between 60 and 100 verses. In one rakah or both rakah. Somewhere between that. So what does it show? That when would he perform his Fajr prayer? Basically at the time when you did in the month of Ramadan. Okay? Which is after suhoor, you know, you wrap up, you go to wudu, you sit for a while, okay? And then what do you do? You begin your Fajr. And by the time you end, you look out the window and it's getting bright. Okay? Meaning, meaning the light is then entering. You see the sky dark blue, a dark purple. Okay? So this is the time when the Prophet ﷺ would perform Fajr prayer. And when he had finished, he would have recited how many verses? Somewhere between 60 and 
Okay. So how can you make sure that you recite somewhere between 60 and 100 verses in your Fajr prayer? What can you recite? Okay, very good. So Surah Al-Sajdah, how many verses does it have? 30. Surah Al-Mulk, how many verses does that have? 30. So that together is how many? 60. Okay. So in one Surah, sorry, in one Rakah you could recite Surah Al-Sajdah in and in the other you could recite Surah Al-Mulk. You could definitely do that. And on Friday especially, reciting Surah Al-Sajda is actually the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Okay. How long is Surah Al-Naba? How many verses does it have? Forty. Because they're very short. So if you recite Surah Al-Naba in, let's say, one rakah, and in the other rakah you recite Surah An-Nazi'at. How many surah, ayah does that have? 46. So, 30, uh, so 40 and 40, that's about 84. So somewhere between 60 and 100. You could also do that. Make this combination. First rakah, Surah An-Naba. Second one, uh, Surah An-Nazi'at. And even if you recite Surah Abasa, that is again 42. It's about 80 verses. Right? So, remember, if you recite Surah Al-Nas, Surah Al-Qari'ah, Surah Al-Teen, your salah is definitely valid. It's definitely valid. But if you want to make your salah more beautiful, then you have to put a little bit more effort. Okay? These days, I believe you're doing kids also, right? Which, which surahs are you memorizing? Alhamdulillah. So you have recite, memorized Surah Al-Sajdah and Surah Al-Mulk? Okay, so Surah Al-Mulk, you're done Surah Al-Sajdah, at least a part of it. Alhamdulillah, very good. So these surahs you can recite in Fajr, you can recite in Mughrib. Right? Alhamdulillah. حدثنا مسدد قال حدثنا إسماعيل بن إبراهيم قال أخبرنا ابن جريج قال أخبرني عطاء أنه سمع أبا هريرة رضي الله عنه يقول في كل صلاة يقرأ أبو هريرة said في كل صلاة in every صلاة يقرأ The Quran has to be recited Meaning in every prayer there must be some recitation In every rakah there must be some recitation Now, is that recitation supposed to be out loud or should it be silent for the imam? He said, فَمَا أَسْمَعْنَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَسْمَعْنَاكُمْ Whatever the Prophet ﷺ made us hear, we made you hear that too. Meaning, whichever recitation he did loud, we also made it loud for you so that you could hear. And which prayer was this? Fajr, Maghrib, Risha. وَمَا أَخْفَى عَنَّا أَخْفَيْنَا عَنْكُمْ And whatever he concealed from us, we concealed that from you too. Meaning, whichever recitation he did silently, we did that silently also. So in other words, recitation is mandatory. It's mandatory. Yes, in some prayers it's audible, and in other prayers it's silent. And in that, we follow the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. He said, وَإِن لَمْ تَزِدْ And if you do not increase ala ummil Qur'an, on ummil Qur'an, meaning Surah Al-Fatiha, meaning if you only recite Surah Al-Fatiha, ajza'at, it would be enough for you. That is sufficient. Recitation of Surah Al-Fatiha is the bare minimum recitation required in Salah. 
وَإِنْ زِدْتَ And if you increase, obviously in which two rakah, the first two, فَهُوَ خَيْرٌ Then that is better. So, what does this hadith show to us? That in every salah, some recitation is mandatory. A lot or a little. But bare minimum is surah al-fatiha. If you do more than that, good for you. And how much more? Whether it is surah al-kawthah, or surah al-qari'ah, or surah al-naba, or surah al-mulk, or surah al-najm. Whatever you want to do, the more you do, the better it is. But the bare minimum requirement is surah al-fatiha. Previous hadith, how is that related to the bab? Qira'ah al-fajr. Qira'ah al-fajr is the bab. And over here, Rambu Khali brings a hadith of Abu Rayla, what he said. So how does this hadith show, prove that in fajr you have to do qira'ah? Hmm? Yes. Because he said, Abu Rayla said that we are following the sunnah of the Prophet And whatever he made us hear, we recited that loud to you also. And part of that is, part of that is Fajr. So in other words, he's saying that whatever we have showed you, that is the sunnah of the Prophet Al-Jahri bi qira'ati salat al-Fajri, reciting aloud in salat al-Fajr. وَقَالَتْ أُمُّ سَلَمَةَ أُمُّ سَلَمَةَ said, طُفْتُ وَرَاءَ النَّاسِ وَالنَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمْ يُصَلِّي وَيَقْرَأُ بِالطُّورِ She said, I perform the tawaf behind the people, and the Prophet ﷺ was performing the salah, and he was reciting Surah Tur. Again, same, a portion from the hadith, which Imam Bukhari has mentioned in Kitabul Hajj. And from this we learn that the Prophet ﷺ recited Surah Tur. Um Salama heard it, who was doing tawaf on her mount, behind the people. So if she heard it all the way, what does that show? It was loud. The Prophet ﷺ was reciting the Qur'an loudly so that people could hear. And remember, Hajjat al-Wada'a, many people were there. Okay? حدثنا مسدد قال حدثنا أبو عوانة عن أبي بشر عن سعيد بن جبير عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما قال he said انطلق النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في طائفة من أصحابه he said that انطلق he sat out سورة الكهف remember the word انطلق they both sat out so انطلق النبي the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he sat out في طائفة in a group من أصحابه of his companions. So he went along some of his companions عامدين عامدين عمد That's عماد عمد متعمدا deliberately one is qatul khata, another is qatul amad. What is that? Deliberate. So, amidin, when you deliberately do something, meaning you intend to do it. So, amidin, they were intending to go where? Ila suqi ukhalt. Ila suqi ukhalt. So, they set out intending to go to the suq, the market of ukhalt. Okay? Now this market was not close to where they were. So this was basically, you know, a trip that they had to take. It was a long journey. Okay, and remember that big markets, they were not really in the city. They were on the outskirts. And sometimes it would take a long time to get there. So the Prophet ﷺ went with some of his companions to the souq of Urkhal. 
And at that time, what had happened? وَقَدْ And in fact, حِيلَ What does حِيلَ mean? Yes, it had been intervened. It had been set up. بَيْنَ الشَّيَاطِينَ Between the shayateen وَبَيْنَ خَبَرِ السَّمَاءِ And between the news of the sky. Meaning, a barrier had been set up for the shayateen so they could not go up to the sky and hear what the angels were saying. Because you know that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives commands to the angels to do certain things, the angels, uh, they, they get afraid at that time. And they begin to do tasbih. Okay? And when the khawf goes away, then they ask one another, what is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said? Meaning they confirm. They confirm their jobs, the tasks that have been assigned to them. So when the angels, when they're conversing amongst them, okay, reviewing what they're supposed to do, and obviously where are the angels? In the sama. The shayateen, they go up, they hide, and eavesdrop. They try to listen to the conversation of the angels. And what happens is that they find out, okay, so so and so is supposed to die, and a storm is supposed to come this place, and an earthquake is supposed to come to this place. And they quickly, they hear, you know, they grab some news, and they go to who? To the soothsayers, the fortune tellers. And then the fortune tellers, they mix that up with many lies, and then they tell the people, and the people say, oh look, this person knows the future. He doesn't know himself. He got that news from who? From a shaitan. Who got that news how? By eavesdropping. Okay? But remember that when the Qur'an was being revealed, there was strict security, you can say. Okay? That when the shayateen would go up in order to listen to the conversations of the angels, they wouldn't be able to. Why? Because there was many angel guards over there. And if any shaytan would even come close by, what would happen? وَأُرْسِلَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ And it was being sent against them as shuhub. What are shuhub? Shooting stars. Okay? Meaning, if any of them try to listen, a shooting star would follow it and the shaytan would be burnt. So, when this was going on, this was something strange. So, فَرَجَعَتِ الشَّيَاطِينُ إِلَىٰ قَوْمِهِمْ The shayateen, they went to their قوم, they went to their people, their leaders, Iblis. فَقَالُوا So they said, مَا لَكُمْ What is wrong with you? Why do you look so worried? Why do you look so confused? فَقَالُوا So they said, حِينَ بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَ خَبَرِ السَّمَاءِ A barrier has been set up between us and the news of the sky. وَأُرْسِلَتْ عَلَيْنَا الشُّبُبْ And meteors or shooting stars are sent you know, on us. When we try to eavesdrop, this is what happens. قَالُوا Their people, meaning the other shayateen, they said to them, مَا حَالَ بَيْنَكُمْ وَبَيْنَ خَبْرِ السَّمَاءِ إِلَّا شَيْءٌ حَدَثًا Nothing has been, you know, set up between you and the news of the sky except شَيْءٌ حَدَثًا شَيْءٌ something that is حَدَثًا What does حَدَثًا mean? Happened meaning something new has happened. Okay? Something new has happened. فَضْرِبُوا So go and strike مَشَارِقَ الْأَرْضِ وَمَغَارِبَهَا The easts of the earth and the wests. Meaning go and travel all over the earth, the east and the west. فَانْظُرُوا And find out مَا هَذَا الَّذِي حَالَ بَيْنَكُمْ وَبَيْنَ خَبَرِ السَّمَاءِ What is it that has happened between you and the news of the unseen that is preventing you from listening? 
that something new has happened go and find out what 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 has taken place from sarafa ulaika alladina so those those jinn they from sarafa they when they went by they passed by which jinn alladina tawajjahu those who had directed themselves nahwa tihama in the direction of tihama tihama an area okay so the jinn that were on their way to tihama they from sarafa they passed by who in an nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam passed by the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam wa huwa bi nakhla and he was at that time at nakhla now remember the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam set out at the same time on his way to the souq of rukal and at the same time the jinn are going around finding out what's happening a group of the jinn were on their way to tihama to see what was going on you know like you you set certain targets for yourself let's go up to this place and see so they were on their way to tihama they were on their way to tihama the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was on his way to souq of rukal now at the point of nakhla wa huwa bi nakhla at the point of nakhla both crossed each other The jinn were coming one way, and the Prophet ﷺ was going the other way. But both crossed each other where? At Nakhla. Amidina ila suqi ukhal. On their way to the suq of ukhal. But at Nakhla, what happened? Wahuwa yusalli bi ashabihi salat al-fajr. The Prophet ﷺ was performing the fajr prayer with his companions. So that shows his journey was long. It was overnight. And when he was leading them in fajr, what happened? The Prophet ﷺ was reciting the Qur'an. and how was he reciting loud and these jinn when they're passing falamma sami'u al-qur'ana when they heard the quran istama'u lahu they listened attentively to it faqalu and they said hadha wallahi they said this by allah is alladhi that which hada baynakum wa bayna khabar as-sama that has become a barrier between you and the news of the sky fa hunalika hina raj'u ila qawlihim so it is These jinn from from here that they went back to their people waqalu and they said ya qaumana o our people inna sami'na qur'anan ajaba indeed we have heard an amazing recitation yahdi ila rushdi and this recitation this reading this quran it guides to the right way fa amanna bih so we have believed in it wala mushrika bi rabbina ahada and we're never going to associate anyone with our lord fa anzal allah ala nabiyyihi sallallahu alayhi wasallam and then allah revealed to his messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam qul uhiya ilayya which surah is this surah al-jin wa inma uhiya ilayhi qawlul jin and what was revealed to him the words of the jin so this long hadith what does this show to us that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam recited the quran out loud in fajr prayer so loud that the jin passing by heard it and you can imagine that the jinn would be flying maybe right allahu a'lam but i mean they they got attracted to the sound of the recitation so it was noticeable it was loud enough so this shows that the recitation in fajr should be loud especially obviously by the imam now one thing that's amazing that we learn from this hadith is that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guarded and protected the revelation of the Quran that no shaytan can intervene because if they would come and hear the rest you know the, the Quran before it was revealed to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam imagine the chaos 
Right? Imagine. Uh, the Qur'an would be confusing to the people that, what is the Qur'an? Is it what Muhammad is reciting or what the sport is and the soothsayer is telling us? So, any channel through which people, through which, you know, any creation could find out about the Qur'an before it was given to Muhammad it was blocked off. It was blocked off. People could not hear Jibreel recite to the Prophet and the jinn could not go up to the skies and hear anything. It was completely secure, you know, this method of revelation. So the Qur'an, when it was given to the Prophet ﷺ, it was given with a lot of security. Why? Because Allah has taken responsibility of preserving the Qur'an. And uh, in the Qur'an we learn, وَمَا تَنَزَّلَتْ بِهِ الشَّيَاطِينَ وَمَا يَنْبَغِي لَهُمْ وَمَا يَسْتَطِيعُونَ إِنَّهُمْ عَنِ السَّمْعِ لَمَعْزُولُونَ Shayateen have not brought this Qur'an down. It does not even befit them. They cannot bring this Qur'an down. They are removed far away from even listening. And this shows to us that Allah will preserve the Qur'an even from the people who will try to tamper with it, who will try to change it, who will try to alter it. And isn't that so? Allah has preserved the Qur'an. He has taken the responsibility Himself, and which is why so many years have gone by. But the Qur'an is still preserved, unaltered, unchanged. And it's amazing. That at a time, the Qur'an was revealed at a time when there was no uh, you know, press, there was no printing press, nothing like that. People would write on bones, on pieces of leather. There was no book form. It was only after the death of the Prophet ﷺ that the Mus'haf, the first Mus'haf was put together. And even that was only one complete Mus'haf. And then later on copies were made. And then again, there weren't many copies. Right? So Allah preserved the Qur'an at the time when it was being revealed and He will continue to preserve it even after it has been revealed. No one can change, alter the Qur'an. And at the end of time, when only the corrupt people will remain on the earth, then what will happen? Allah will take the Qur'an away Himself so that no one can alter it. Because this is divine word. This is, you know, very honorable word. And it does not befit that it should be altered, it should be played with. So Allah will preserve it Himself. حدثنا مسدد قال حدثنا إسماعيل قال حدثنا أيوب عن إكرمة عن ابن عباس قال قرأ النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فيما أمر وسكت فيما أمر. ابن عباس said that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم recited the Quran meaning out loud in that which he was commanded وسكت and he was silent in that which he was commanded. Because he was instructed to pray in this manner, which is why he prayed in this manner. It was not accidental that one time he was praying Zuhur and he forgot to recite out loud. Okay? Or one time he was praying Maghrib and he just recited out loud. No, this was not accidental. This was deliberate. Why? Because this is the instruction that he was given. Now a person might say, why is it? That Maghrib, Isha, Fajr have to be loud and Dhuhr, Asr have to be silent. Why? What do we learn? Fima Umir. This is the command that has been given. And remember, وَمَا كَانَ رَبُّكَ Your Lord does not forget. It's not that, نَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ forgot to tell the Prophet ﷺ to recite out loud in Zuhur and Asr. No. And, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ There is for you in the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, a beautiful, a most excellent 
example, meaning to follow. The way of the Prophet ﷺ is the best way. And so we must follow his way. And what was his way? That he made certain prayers, the recitation in them loud, and in certain others, he did not make them loud. And for us, that is the best way of performing the salah. Now, with this hadith, the abwab concerning the recitation of Qur'an, meaning which surah, whether it should be loud or not, they are concluded. And before we move on to the next section, uh, let's do a quick review. Okay? And in this, I want you to make a table for yourself. A table for yourself. Write down Fajr, Zuhr, Asr, Maghrib, Isha. So make five sections. A table in which you have Fajr, Zuhr, Asr, Maghrib, Isha. And in front of these, write down, first of all, with regards to Fajr. What do we learn about the Fajr Salah? How much Qur'an did the Prophet ﷺ recite? 60 to 100 verses. So make note of that. When it comes to Zuhr and Asr, what do we learn? What did the Prophet ﷺ recite? Any particular surah? No, we haven't been informed about that. At least in these ahadith, we don't know. But what do we learn? What is it that the Prophet ﷺ recited? Surah, surah. Hmm? If you look, Bab al-Qira'ah fil Asr, the second hadith says that كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقرأ في الركعتين من الظهر والعصر بفاتحة الكتاب وسورة سورة. So one complete surah. At least one complete surah. And obviously, this should be of which one? Hmm? Especially when it's a congregation. Or you are busy in your work. Which ones? Some, one, some surah from the Mufassal, but especially from the Ausat ones. Okay. Why? Why that length? Because it's not too long. People won't get tired. Right? Okay. So, same thing for Zuhur and Asr. At least one complete surah. And how is it supposed to be recited for the Imam? Silent. Fajr is supposed to be? Jahad. Loud. Okay. Maghrib. What do we learn about Maghrib? Which surah did the Prophet ﷺ recite? In one hadith we learned he recited surah A'raf. Good. Another surah? No, no. The hadith about Surah Al-A'raf says he he recited the longer of the two long surahs. The two long surahs are Surah Al-A'raf and Surah Al-An'am. And the longer one of them is Surah Al-A'raf. So he recited the longer one of the two. Which one? A'raf, not An'am. Okay? Doesn't mean that reciting Surah Al-An'am is forbidden. But from the hadith we learned that he recited Surah Al-A'raf. Okay? Surah Al-Mursalat and Surah Al-Tur. Okay. Now Surah Al-Mursalat, Surah Al-Tur, which ones are they? From Tiwal Mufassal. So from this category. Any other Surah? Or any other detail about Maghrib? It has to be loud. 
ہے جہری اوکے رشا وچ سورا اوکے The fact that Abu Hurairah recited Surah Al-Inshiqaq and from other ahadith we learned the Prophet advised one of the companions to recite Surah Al-Shams, Surah Al-Layl. Which surahs are these? Which surahs are these? Awsaf, Mufassal. And which ones are they? Naba'tu, Duha. Okay? And Isha has to be loud. And if you want to make your Isha short, especially when you're traveling, then out of love, you know, of following the Prophet ﷺ, which surah can you recite? Surah Al-Din in particular. Okay? You know, like Ibn Umar he heard the Prophet ﷺ praise one dhikr. And he took that to heart. And he said, I have never left it since then. I recited in every salah. Hmm? So, Abu Hurairah, what did he say? He said, I did sajda behind the Prophet ﷺ when he recited this surah. And I am not going to stop that until I meet him. Why, Why did they do that? Was it mandatory? Love for Rasulullah ﷺ following his sunnah Why? In order to gain Allah's love. So for that, you know, notice these fine details and practice them. Not that a person is obligated to do so, but it's just out of love. Right? So Surah Al-Teen, when you want to make it short, especially when traveling. Okay. And also we see that you could recite a surah that has a sajda in it, especially in Rishat. Because باب القراءة في العشاء بالسجدة okay, So a surah with sajda in isha may also be decided. And one more thing. Make the recitation beautiful. Can we try to do that? One is to just read. Say. One is to say. Pronounce. Anut. You know, just enunciate. And the other is to do qira'a, tilawa, with tajweed. You know when we're reciting Qur'an with tajweed in our class or before someone, why are we so particular about tajweed? Why? Because we want to recite correctly, properly, beautifully. Who is most deserving of that beautiful recitation? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's most deserving. So when we stand before him, Let's make our recitation most beautiful at that time. But sometimes we think, oh, I, I don't have that kind of tone or pitch. Uh, my voice is not that beautiful. So no matter how much I try, I cannot recite beautifully. The beautiful recitation does not come with just your voice. It comes with the dweed and tortilla. And your heart being in it. And when your heart will be in it, then any recitation will be beautiful. It will be beautiful. So this is also something that we can remember, inshallah. Okay. In Qira'af al-Fajr, uh, in particular we see that once the Prophet ﷺ recited Surah Al-Tur, in addition to the detail that we learned, 60 to 100 verses, also Surah Al-Tur. 
So now you have this table with you. And you can check yourself every few days. You know, when you feel that your khushu is going down, check yourself. Okay, I can read this surah. Okay, I can read this surah. Inshallah. As Munfarid basically. Inshallah, I'll find out about this. Okay, that if the Munfarid can read out loud or not. Okay. In particular, this is obviously for the Imam. Okay. And the Ma'mum, he will listen. But when a person is praying alone, uh, generally we see that a person has to recite silently. But can he read out loud in these three prayers? Inshallah, I'll find out about that. Okay. Let's move on to the next bab. Bab al-jamri bayna suratayni fi al-raka'ati wal-qira'ati bil-khawati. Just before we move on. Knowledge, is it beneficial? Okay. When is it beneficial? When it is used. Knowledge, is it easy to forget? Very easy to forget. What is the one way of preserving knowledge? Writing it down. But what is the best way of preserving that knowledge? Doing other. When you will implement it, you will remember it. And believe me, if you start implementing these sunnas, then you will remember these ahadiths. But if you don't implement the sunnah, you will forget these ahadiths. And tell me, when is the next time that you will open volume 1 or volume 2 of Sahih Bukhari and open up Kitab al-Salah and open up this bab and read the ahadith? Do you see yourself doing that in the near future or later? At least I don't see myself doing that. Going over every single one of these ahadith? No. It's not that practical, right? But we don't want this knowledge to become a hujja against us. Nor do we want this knowledge to become a burden on us. Right? So the best way is, whatever we learn, start making you know pointers for yourself how you can do amal on it. How, how we can do amal on it. How, how we can practice it. Because if it's practiced, then it will be retained forever. And it will benefit forever, inshallah. And if it's not practiced, then it's just a waste of time, really. باب الجمر بين السورتين في الركعة والقراءة بالخواتيم وبسورة قبل سورة وبأول سورة. There's four issues over here. First of all, الجمر بين السورتين. الجمر بين السورتين. What does جمر mean? Combine to join together. بين السورتين two surahs. في الركعة in إركع. So the first issue is: Is it permissible? To recite two surahs in one rakah. So let's say you want to make your Fajr Salah in a one rakah, 60 ayat. And you don't know Surah Naba. You're working on it, but you don't know it. You don't know Surah Abasa even, right? But you know Surah Al-Qari'ah, you know Surah Al-Zilzal, you know Surah Al-Shams, you know Surah Al-Layl. So you want to recite all of them so that you would be you know, around 60 to 100 verses. Can you do that? This is a question. Can you combine different surahs in one rakah? Okay. Secondly, the second issue is, وَالْقِرَاءَةِ وَالْقِرَاءَةِ بِالْخَوَاتِينَ Reciting the khawatim. Khawatim means what? End. Ending. From khatm. Meaning reciting only the last verses of a surah. Not the entire surah, 
but just the last verses of a surah. So for example, you like to recite, or you want to follow the son of the Prophet ﷺ and recite the last two verses of Surah Al-Baqarah every night. But what happens is that many times you forget. So you say, okay, in my sunnah I will make this a habit, for instance. And in the first rakah, I will recite the last three ayat of Surah Al-Baqarah. Okay? For example, you make this you know, a habit for yourself. Just to make sure that you end up reciting the last two verses of Surah Al-Baqarah. So you're not reciting the entire surah. You're only reciting three ayat. Is that permissible? This is a question. Or for instance, the Prophet ﷺ, when he would wake up with the hajjud, he would recite the last verses of Surah Ali Imran. Right? So you want to recite those ayat in your tahajjud prayer, for example. Can you do that? You're not reciting the entire surah, just the last few verses. The third issue is, وَبِي سُورَةٍ قَبْلَ سُورَةٍ And a surah before a surah. Meaning, reciting in a different order than that which is in the mushaf. So for example, Surah Al-Naba comes before Surah Nazi'at. Surah Al-Baqarah comes before Surah Ali Imran. Hmm? Surah Ali Imran comes before Surah Al-Nisa. Likewise, when you come to the Qisar, the very, very short surahs, hmm? then we see, for example, that Surah Al-Duha comes before Surah Al-Sharh. Hmm? Surah Al-Ikhlas comes before Surah Al-Nas. Now, can you reverse the order? Either in the same rakah or over the two rakah? Can you reverse the order such that uh, the Prophet ﷺ, once he recited Surah Al-Nisa before Surah Al-Imran in the night prayer? In Tahajjud, he recited Surah An-Nisa first, and then he recited Surah Al-Irman. So he changed the order. In the Mus'haf, what comes first? Al-Irman comes first, but he read Surah An-Nisa first. So likewise, for instance, in the first rakah, you recited Surah An-Nas. It's the last surah. Now in the second rakah, what are you meant to recite? A surah that comes before Surah An-Nas. Can you do that? It's a question. Another issue is وَبِي أَوَّلِ سُورَةٍ And meaning reciting only the awwal of a surah. Awwal meaning the first part of the surah. Meaning just the opening, the first few verses of the surah. Not the complete surah. First few verses. So for example, the first 5, 7, 10, 15 ayat of Surah Al-Baqarah. You want to read in one of your prayers. Can you do that? Because if you start reciting the entire surah, it might be difficult. But at the same time, you don't want to leave out those ayat completely. You love the beginning verses of Surah Al-Baqarah. So you want to read them. Can you do that? This is a question. Okay? So now all of these questions, Imam Bukhari answers one by one. Okay? How? Through a hadith. But which a hadith? There is only one hadith that he mentions. Or rather, two a hadith that he mentions with Isnad later. But before them, he mentions some mu'allaqat. Remember mu'allaqat? What are they? A hadith that Imam Bukhari is not mentioning, narrating as a hadith. Okay? Why? Because they don't meet his high standard of authenticity. But they are considered authentic by other scholars. 
Okay? They are considered authentic, which is why you will find these in Sahih Muslim, Ibn Majah, Abu Dawood, in other books of hadith. But Imam Bukhari does not want to narrate them as a hadith because they do not, they're not, you know, perfect in their authenticity. Okay? The first one that he mentions, and remember Mu'allaqat, why does Imam Bukhari mention them? Why? Because he wants to use them as proof. He wants to use them. But at the same time, he doesn't want to narrate them as a hadith. So the first one he mentions is, وَيُذْكَرُ And it has been mentioned, عَنْ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ بْنِ السَّائِبِ On the authority of Abdullah ibn Sa'ib, that قَرَأَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ That the Prophet ﷺ, he recited, المؤمنون, Meaning, Surah Al-Mu'minun. فِي In the Fajr prayer. You can make note of that. In the Fajr prayer, the Prophet ﷺ recited Surah Al-Mu'minun. Have you memorized the first few verses of Surah Al-Mu'minun? I'm sure you have. So, how to make sure that you don't forget them? Recite them in, surah, in Fajr prayer. Hatta until إِذَا jaa, It came. ذِكْرُ مُوسَى وَهَارُونَ The mention of Musa alayhi salam or Harun alayhi salam or ذِكْرُ Isa or the mention of Isa alayhi salam meaning in the surah what happened? what did he do? what happened? أَخَذَتْهُ سَعْلَةٌ سَعْلَة what does سَعْلَة mean? cough أَخَذَتْهُ it seized him meaning it kind of overtook him he began coughing too much so what happened? He stopped and faraka'a. He went into ruku'a. Okay. Now the question is that what do we learn from this hadith? What proof is Imam Bukhari taking from this narration? That the Prophet ﷺ did not recite an entire surah. Rather he recited only a part of the surah. Which part? Just verses from the beginning. Now, if you look at the surah, where is the mention of Musa alayhi salam, Isa alayhi salam, Musa alayhi salam, Harun alayhi salam? Where is it? It begins from ayah number 45. Surah al-Mu'minun. Not mu'min. Okay, Surah al-Mu'minun. Ayah number 45. ثُمَّ أَرْسَلْنَا مُوسَى وَأَخَاهُ هَارُونَ بِآيَاتِنَا وَسُلْطَانِ مُبِينَ إِلَى فِرْعَوْنَ وَمَلَئِهِ فَاسْتَقْبَرُوا وَكَانُوا قَوْمًا عَالِينَ and then the you know, story of Musa alayhi salam, it continues. Okay? So, what do we learn from this? That the Prophet sallallahu read around, how many verses? 45 verses. Okay? About 45 verses. Ayah number 50 of the same surah. وَجَعَلْنَا بِنَ مَرْيَمَ وَأُمَّهُ وَأَوَيْنَاهُمَا إِلَىٰ رَبْوَةٍ ذَاتِ قَرَارٍ وَمَعِينَ Who's mentioned? Isa alayhi salam is mentioned. So basically the, na- the narrator is saying that somewhere between ayah 45, ayah 50, the Prophet ﷺ began coughing and then he went down. And this hadith is reported in Muslim and elsewhere also. Abdullah ibn Sa'id reported the Prophet ﷺ led us in the morning prayer in Mecca and began Surah Al-Mu'minun but when he came to the mention of Musa and Harun or to the mention of Isa alayhi salam, a cough caught the better of him and he went into the pool. And this was around ayah 40, uh, 50. Now, what do we learn from this report? That generally, what was the habit of the Prophet ﷺ? That he would complete the surah. 
Okay? Generally, what was his habit that he would complete? Because over here, the fact that he's reporting it in this way shows this was something unusual. He went into Rukur because the cough overtook him. If he did not begin coughing, he would have perhaps completed the surah. Secondly, we see that if there is a need to cut short you know, your recitation, then there is no harm. What could be a need? You begin coughing, your throat is hurting, you start sneezing too much, you get tired, then there is no harm. You can you know, discontinue the, the surah, you can just stop where you are and go into rukur. And from this, in general, we also learn that if a person uh, st- you know, begins an act of worship, but then uh, there is a genuine reason because of which he's not able to continue, then he may stop, he may discontinue. So for example, a person is fasting, but then what happens? He becomes extremely sick. Right? Then in that situation, can he break the fast? Yes, he can. Okay? There's no harm in doing that. You uh, begin the recitation of the Qur'an and you intend to, let's say, recite an entire juz. That's your intention. Now, when you make the intention, you should complete but what happens halfway through you get so thirsty, your throat is hurting, or someone's calling again and again and again, or you know, someone needs you, then in that case can you discontinue? Yes, you can, there is no harm. But in general, we should complete what we have started. Waqara Umaru and Umar anhu he recited Fidlaka in the first Rakah bin Mi'atin wa Ishrina Ayatam in Baqarah. Mi'ah wa ishreen. Mi'ah is how much? 100. And ishreen is how much? 20. So he read about 120 verses of Surah Al-Baqarah in the first rakah. Wa fithaniya and in the second rakah bi surah min al-mathani. A surah from the mathani. He read in the second rakah. Now what do we see? Umar radiallahu anhu. He is reciting the first 120 verses of Surah Al-Baqarah. Not the complete Surah Al-Baqarah. Okay? So you can read the, f- the first verses of a Surah, not the complete Surah. There is no harm in doing that. And in the second Rakah, what is he doing? A Surah from the Mathani. He's not continuing Surah Al-Baqarah. Rather, he is reciting a completely different Surah, a complete Surah. Which one? Surah from the Mathani. What are Mathani? Mathani literally means oft-repeated that which is repeated very often. And it is understood to be Surah Al-Fatiha. Why? Because it is repeated a lot. How? In every rakah of every salah, you have to recite Surah Al-Fatiha. Right? Whether it is Fard, Sunnah, Nafl. Secondly, Mithani is also used for those surahs which are repeated very often. Why? Because of their length. They're not too long, not too short. And these are basically those surahs which are around a hundred verses. You might say, we don't repeat them. Well, those who have the Qur'an in their hearts, they do repeat them. So, in the second rakah, what would he recite? A surah that was of this length. How many verses? About a hundred verses. Okay. وَقَرَأَ الْأَحْنَفُ بِالْكَهْفِ فِي الْأُولَى Al-Ahnaf, he recited Surah Al-Kahf in the first rakah. وَفِثَّانِيَ And in the second rakah, he recited بِيُوسُف Surat Yusuf أو Yunus or Surat Yunus. Now, in the order of the Mus'haf, what comes first? Yunus comes first and then Kahf. 
And if you had Surat Yusuf, again, Surat Yusuf comes first and then comes Kahf. So we see that the order was reversed. It was changed. وَذَكَرَ أَنَّهُ صَلَّى مَعَ أُمَرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ الصُّبْحَ بِهِمَا And he said that he prayed the Fajr prayer with Umar عنه, and he prayed these two surahs, meaning in this order. So there is no harm. وَقَرَأَ إِبْنُ مَسْعُودِ And Ibn Mas'ud recited بِأَرْبَعِينَ آيَةً مِنَ الْأَنْفَالِ From Surah Al-Anfal, he recited 40 ayat. وَفِي الثَّانِيَةِ And in the second raqa'ah بِسُورَةٍ مِنَ الْمُفَصَّلِ a surah from the Mufassal. Mufassal, which surahs are they? Somewhere from Surah Qaf or Hujurat all the way to the end of the Quran. So, here are the surah from that group of surahs. Okay? Now, what do we see here? 40 verses from Surah Al-Anfal. Again, it's not the complete surah. Either those verses were from the beginning of the surah or end of the surah or somewhere in the middle. Allahu A'lam. But he didn't complete the entire surah. وَقَالَ قَتَادَةُ فِي مَنْ يَقْرَأُ سُورَةً وَاحِدَةً فِي رَكْعَتَهِمْ And Qatada, and one of the Qatada was a tabi'i. So he learned from the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. He said, فِي مَنْ concerning the one who يَقْرَأُ who recites سُورَةً وَاحِدَةً One surah, same surah, a single surah, فِي رَكْعَتَيْنِ in the two rak'ah. Meaning he repeats the same surah in both rak'ahs. So for example, in the first rak'ah he recites Surah Al-Duha. In the second rak'ah again he recites Surah Al-Duha. Okay. Or يُرَدِّدُ سُورَةً وَاحِدَةً He repeats one surah. So for example, he repeats uh, Surah Al-Duha, let's say he recites it two times in one rakah. Or Surah Al-Ikhlas, he recites it three times in one rakah. He knows, he's just learning the Qur'an. He knows only a few surahs, but he wants his qiyam to be long. He wants to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know, in an excellent manner. And the best of his capacity is that he can only recite Surah Al-Ikhlas, Surah Al-Nas. So he recites them three times each, for example, in one rakah. Okay? And you see, يُرَدِّدُ سُورَةً wahida, Repetition of a surah. So, you know, one surah being recited twice. Okay? فِي رَكَعَتَيْنِ in, in two rakah. كُلُّمْ كِتَابُ اللَّهِ He said, all is the book of Allah. There is no harm. In other words... He said, all of this is the book of Allah. Whether you read the surah once or you read it twice or you read the same surah, you know, again and again in both rakah, there is no harm. All of this is the Qur'an. So, these four matters that Imam Bukhari is mentioned in the bab, what do we learn? All of them are allowed. You can read more than one surah in one rakah. Okay? You can read the same surah you can read the last part of the surah. You can read the beginning part of the surah. You can change the order even. There's no harm. But remember, you cannot change the order in this way that you change the order of the surah. That, for example, you begin your recitation with Surah Al-Fatiha, and then you recite the last three verses of Surah Al-Baqarah, and you say, you know what? Let me also recite the first three verses of Surah Al-Baqarah. You can't do that. No. But you can change the order of the surahs, not the arrangement of ayat in the surah. That cannot be changed. Okay? That we must respect. Because if you change that, what will happen? The meaning will change. Okay? So this order it has to be maintained. Now, from the ahadith that Imam Bukhari quotes, which ones are they? Inshallah, we will learn them.
in our next class, inshallah. Okay. So your homework is, in addition to viewing the ahadith, reading them, practicing them, just make sure that your table is complete. Okay. Which table? About the surahs. Okay. In the salam. Okay. Subhanakallah wa bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka. Wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.